Hey gang, it's John. So, we thought it was appropriate to pay our respects to Tom Petty, just as we did after the death of Prince and George Michael. When these formative characters in our lives die, it only makes sense to sort of make some sense of it all and discuss it and ruminate on how, what it means and, and how we feel about it. And so we, as tradition, we brought back our own resident Dr. Death, Steve Spears from the Stuck in the 80s podcast. He probably hates that name, by the way. <laughs> anyway, so Steve and I are going to kind of talk about, you know, when we became fans, our level of fandom, some of our favorite songs, seeing them live, you know, what the legacy of Tom Petty might be, what the heartbreakers do from here, all those kinds of thoughts, you know, stories in our lives that pertain to Tom Petty. So um, I, th- I hope you enjoy the, uh, you know, this little respectful conversation. And uh, we're going to kick it off here with You Got Lucky, and you'll find out why in a little bit. And then uh, we'll end it with Steve's favorite song. So, enjoy! When did you discover Tom Petty? You're a little older than me, so you probably came in closer to the beginning. Back when I was in, I guess, 8th or ninth grade, I started seeing people wearing these Damn the Torpedo t-shirts. Oh. And I'd never heard of Tom Petty at that point. But those, these T-shirts were popping up everywhere because that was obviously a huge album for him back in 1979. Right. And the funny thing was, it was one of the T-shirts you really weren't allowed to wear to school. Because it had a bad word in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, there were two T-shirts that you were really not allowed to wear, one of which was a Jack Daniels label T-shirt, mm. which were real, real big back then. Yeah. And the other one was a damn the torpedo shirt. And so if you, if you got caught wearing one, they'd make you turn it inside out and wear it. So... <laughs> But did you have one? No, no. I did have a Jack Daniels shirt. Okay. My mom okay. wouldn't let me wear it. She made me turn. She made me turn into a pillow. But um, <laughs> the the two moments I think I remember best from the early early days. One was the song "American Girl." You hear it pop up, you know, in those early days on FM radio. Right. It had such a great hook and, sure. and an unusual voice. And then in 1982, he came out with the. Um, the video, the MTV video for You Got Lucky. And that's, that's my introduction, yeah. Yeah, that blew my mind. I mean, that was at the, at the time, that was the best video on MTV, I thought. Yeah. And, um, so that, that that's what it was. He, the, the shame of it is, I, I don't think I bought any Tom Petty until much later in the 80s. At that time, I was more used to um, new wave music and... Sure. Tom Petty didn't seem to fit the niche, but I had a friend who owned a record store, and he was into all the same bands I was in, but he was a Tom Petty fanatic, and he was mm-hmm. just like, you've got to put away your put your snobbery away and, and just listen to his music and listen to his lyrics, and you'll you'll be hooked, and he was right. Yeah. God, so. That's not too far off for me, too. I um, You got lucky. I was nine years old, and I remember seeing that video. And thinking it was so strange and sounded so futuristic with the weird kind of synth lines. So I, I, he's one of these people, but I can't. I didn't become a fan. In fact, I've never. I, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan. I've never. He's never r- risen to like the top of my priority list. I should say. When I finally did sort of, it did occur to me how great he was. It wasn't until I watched that documentary that came out a couple years ago. Well, about ten years ago now. Yeah, yeah, living, running down a dream. Yes. And because uh, I'm just a sucker for any music documentary, so I watched that one too. And uh, the first Mud Crutch album was 
for whatever reason, the right album at the right time for me. And that's when I finally was like, I should be paying more attention to Tom Petty. Unfortunately, I don't know that I ever did. I have his greatest hits, and I have Full Moon Fever, and I have that Mud Crutch album. Um, as much as I like him, and those songs are always great, I none of them have ever been like my favorite song or the one that I would hit repeat on. Or, And I was thinking about his music as being something that, it, for me personally, it's always pleasant, but it's not provocative enough for me to, you know, I'm not, there's not heavy emotion, there's not walls of sound, there's nothing that's like really impacting me emotionally, it's all just really pleasant pop songs, and I'm afraid I minimized him for that for that reason. Yeah, if, if you've never gotten a chance to see him, have you ever seen him perform live? Yeah, I did see him once. You tell me your story, then I'll tell you mine. I saw him back in 2008, and it was in Tampa, and it was just, I think, it, I don't think he was touring on an album, per se, and um, he blew me away. I mean, it was, really? it felt like a wall of sound. I mean, I, it was loud, it was tight. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Campbell, yeah, who, who I'd never thought about one way or another at that point, yeah. he just blew me away. I mean, it it was one of those shows where even the the tune or two, the one or two songs from him that I don't like, he still performed and mm-hmm. I still loved them. But it's just, okay. I think you take, I personally got a whole new appreciation of him at that point. And then yeah. of course it was reinforced when I saw Running Down a Dream. Okay. Yeah. I, um, you know, it, I just realized, so there were two times when I thought, okay, I'm going to venture into Tom Petty. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little deeper. And once was, I used to work at Tower Records in the early 2000s when The Last DJ came out. And that album was okay, but that's not known as one of his best albums. In fact, it's considered one of his not very good ones. And so that didn't blow me away. And then after the Mud Crutch thing, his next album was called Mojo. And I was re- that's another one where I was like, oh, I'm really into Tom Petty now. Let's, let's dive into Mojo. And that album wasn't very good either. And I think the two times when I really made a conscious decision to, you know, latch myself to the Petty bandwagon, it just happened to be on his, you know, he never, that's one thing about Tom, he never sucked, but there were, I picked like the two albums that are not considered his best to try. I did see him live once at Red Rocks around the Mojo period, and I was impressed, I liked it, but it just, Again, it's the same kind of thing. I've always just felt like he was pleasant. I leave his songs on when they come on the radio. I like them, but they don't um, mark like emotional markers in my life, you know? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you own very many Tom Petty albums? No. I, I have, Tom Petty um, Radio is one of my stations on Sirius XM, and so I listen, when I'm listening to satellite radio, I, I do spend a fair amount of time listening to that station. Um Back in the day, I, I owned the same albums you did. I had the Great okay. I had Southern Accents, I had um, mm-hmm. uh, Full Moon Fever, and yeah. I don't think I ever owned Damn the Torpedoes. Um, again, that would have been a, a, a no deal with my mom. <laughs> but uh, mom, it's historical. <laughs> um, but um, I, I regret. I mean, I've definitely been diving deeper into his collection. Over the last few years, ever since seeing the documentary, and there's there's one song that stands out to me. I don't I don't know if it's the documentary or not, but 
It's called uh, Change of Heart. And it's mm. one of the, I think, I think it's a tune from the early 80s. And it has um, just the greatest guitar hook on it. And yeah. I, I just, that is a, a petty song that I can sit there and listen to and just, you know, replay, replay, replay. Okay. For some, that and the waiting, you know. Um, yeah. The, 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 the version where Eddie Vedder sings it is pretty amazing, too. Oh, I don't know that one. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. Where they were, they were that that happened. But he, Eddie Vedder, had been a lifelong Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers fan, and he finally got a chance to play with them one gig. And he, they, they played. I think that was the song they played together. It's just you can find it on YouTube. It's just okay. oh, I'll look for it. So good, so yeah. so much fun to watch other people interpret his work and yeah, so okay. So what do you think is the legacy of Tom Petty? What do you think happens from here? Because I, I, you remember when we talked about um, Prince and George Michael, it was, there was a question of whether, you know, younger generations now, are our kids or, our, you know, whatever, the younger kids, are they going to be discovering and getting turned on to an artist like Tom Petty and have it mean something to them? That's a good question. I, I want to I, I hope that they do. Yeah. I want to hope that people are still listening to Tom Petty and discovering new songs 50 years from now. Um, I won't be around to see it, (laughs) (laughs) most likely. Um, Or I'll be too senile to remember it. But um, I would love for that to happen. I don't know that it will. He damn well deserves it. His legacy will be going down as like maybe one of the last great rock and roll stars that there were. I mean, he is a rock and roll star yeah. and a legend. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, he's a modern-day Elvis in so many ways. Mm. But I don't know 
you know, I, I don't have a lot of faith in where music is nowadays. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm sort of pessimistic. Yeah. But I, but I believe that if kids give it a chance and listen to it and they pay attention to the words and the, those songs are timeless, you know, his, his hits and I'd like to think they will. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus in America too. She's a good girl, she's crazy about Elvis, loves horses and her boyfriend too. And it's a long I'm a bad boy Cause I don't even miss her I'm a bad boy For breaking her heart Yeah, I thought about this, and I, um, I'm a little more optimistic about it. I could see him, and again, I think it goes back to, like I said earlier, the fact that he's never really had a down period, or there, he's never sucked, you know? People like Springsteen or Bob Dylan or, you know, the other people that he gets compared to a lot have put out albums that have been disappointing, or they've made... They don't make huge artistic leaps, but they make slight artistic, twi- you know, tweaks to their sound, and sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't. But I could see Tom Petty's music being, especially the older stuff, the American Girl type songs, as being these uh, gateways for younger kids that eventually they hear this and it still sounds fresh to them, and so they feel like they've stumbled on something that's really cool. Whereas someone like a Springsteen or a Dylan, they it's already so big and epic in scope that they they don't feel like they're discovering anything that they could make their own. Eddie waited till he finished high school He went to Hollywood Got a tattoo He met a girl out there with a tattoo too The future was wide open They've moved into a place they both could afford He found a nightclub he could work at the door She had a guitar and she taught him some chords The sky was the limit Into the 
You know how kids, they want to feel like they've found something that not everyone else might know about, you know? Sure, yeah. And um, I could see them, I, so I actually feel like Tom Petty might be one of those people whose profile raises as the year go, years go on at, because there's, there's magic in discovering his stuff, more magic than maybe there might be in artists that I mentioned who I actually like better, but who um, have maybe less appeal to a younger audience. So I don't know. I'm kind of optimistic about where this might go for him. I could see him being one of these people who just gets bigger and more famous now that he's gone. Well, that but, that would be a, a worthy legacy then. Yeah, I think so too. So what do you now? Let me ask you this: What do you think the Heartbreakers do from here? Where do you think they go? <laughs> yeah, it, that same question crossed my mind last night. I was um, watching the documentary again. Oh, because it's just so good. And, oh yeah. Um, and I'm watching the Heartbreakers play, and I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, you know, what the hell do these guys do? And yeah. um, I started thinking, well, maybe, maybe they do kind of what Queen did, and they continue to they find mm. guest vocalists who can step in and and play the songs and kind of continue on. So I mean, didn't the Grateful Dead do something like that as well? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It hasn't been. I don't think it's been done perfectly by anybody yet. No. But I think they could they could play um, some select performances, maybe or a short tour where they where they bring like two or three, you know, well known yeah. singers. Yeah. Who basically, and it's just basically like a tribute to Tom. That uh, makes sense. I could see that. I could also see them splitting off maybe and um, forming different bands. Maybe doing maybe this is the time for them. If they're ever going to do some solo stuff, now is the time. Right, right. I mean, they, they'd be together for 40 years. I'd like to – I mean, even if it does just end right now, I and mean, that's the end of it, but I'd like to think that everyone kind of feels like, you know. Yeah. They, they, they ran enough laps. Yeah, I hope. You know, I um, ever since starting my podcast where we try to talk about the money side of things, I would hope that all of those guys have enough money to last them the rest of their lives. I mean, they've they've all got to be in their 60s, so you really have 20 years max maybe to get out of this, and hopefully you're getting enough of a performance royalty and, um, you know, catalog sales and whatever yeah. Um, I never know for sure. You know, I mean, people get divorced a bunch of times and have kids and drug problems and whatever, and um, <laughs> suddenly all that all that excess money is just gone in other things. So you hope that they don't need to do that. But, yeah, I like your idea. You know, as you were saying that, I was thinking that kind of makes sense. And I don't know that it would even be a tour, but you could probably do like an annual Heartbreakers, uh, you know, um, honorary show or something where at like Madison Square Garden the Heartbreakers get together and there's a lineup of like four or five famous people and these days it would be I don't I'm not a huge fan but someone like a John Mayer or you know Lord like the people who did the Nirvana tribute at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame you kind of you usher these people out they do two or three songs and the crowd goes crazy yeah. And maybe that's all it is. It's like a residence once a year or maybe a weekend, twice a year, and you do it, and that's it. And it's to pay tribute to Tom, but it's also to pay for everyone's divorce so that they can, <laughs> you know what I mean? I need one of those uh, 
<laughs> Thanks to pay for my two divorces. <laughs> we need to have the Steve Spears tribute concert. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Let's yeah, I think podcast. something like that would work. I don't know. Um, or, you know, something I was thinking, too, you know, uh, like Paul, uh, Paul Schaefer and the, I guess the CBS Orchestra are out there sort of doing their own thing now that David Letterman's show is over. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure they're playing to just much smaller crowds than they would have otherwise. But maybe that's it. Maybe the Heartbreakers go out and if they can lower their expectations, um, do some kind of tribute tour. But I think it would have to be on a smaller scale. I don't think you can replace Tom Petty unless you make it a tribute environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think you can hire a no-name and they become the new face of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. But... I would agree. I mean, yeah. I would love to think that there's someone out there who could who could do it. Yeah. But it, in reality, it's probably not uh, feasible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you now? He's from Florida, Gainesville, right? Is that anywhere, yeah? I, you're, that's a little north of you. What tell us about Gainesville? What's that city like? Gainesville's a college town. I actually went to school there, so it's in north central Florida. It's not near anything. It's it's about two hours from Orlando. It's maybe an hour and a half to the beach. It's it's kind of up there. It's right off the interstate, uh, Interstate 75. And I don't know how many people are in the town now. I'd say it's a, it's like a medium-sized college town. You know, okay. it's it is a um, it is a beautiful city with um, lots of trees and uh, lots of lakes and oak trees and Spanish moss and the University of Florida, and the University of Florida now is pretty highly regarded among public universities. It has been always been kind of Florida's, um, you know, best school, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Now, Petty, Petty, I don't, I think he may have had, a, I've read that he had a job or two working at the university, but I don't think he went. Some of his heartbreakers were students there. Okay. Um, I think Mike Campbell was. There was a bar up there, and he mentions it in the documentary called Dubs. And Dubs is where Mud Crutch got their start. And uh, when I was there in 1985, Dubs was still there, even though he had left, you know, um, you know, nine years mm-hmm. beforehand. So Petty was mm-hmm. gone, but but Dubs remained. And I didn't really know that it was. I didn't know of its historical significance at the time. Um, my roommate did. He was a couple years older than me, and so one one night he dragged me over there, and it's a it's a hike from the university. It's a good okay. thirty minute drive, and it's the only thing it was known for back in 1985 was for miniskirt contests. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought I'm not going to see a mini. I don't. Who cares about a miniskirt contest? <laughs> right. Well, ten seconds of the song, the miniskirt's gone. The shirt. The, the, Whatever shirt she's wearing is gone. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. So I still have a T-shirt from Dubs. Um, of course. But yeah, it's okay. a it's a great town, and what's really nice and uh, is that um, uh, yesterday at the Florida Gator game, bet- they played a lot of petty music, and sure. between the third and fourth quarters, they played uh, uh, "Won't Back Down" in the whole, whole crowd. Thing along.
there's talk now that um, you know, where they're going, where the city will put a statue, and oh, what, interesting. What street they'll name after him, stuff okay. like that. Okay. So. Yeah. He, legacy will live on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he even though he left in '76 and never really came back, it you know it still is it still is his home. Yeah. So. Right. Well, uh, to close it out, do you? What's your favorite Tom Petty song? It, you know, it's. I don't mean to reach for cliches. There's a beautiful one that's on toward one of his albums toward the end of the '80s, and I can't, shit, I can't remember the name of it right now. Let me up. You've had enough. I've had enough, or whatever it is. That's sort of the forgotten. Yeah. Is that what it's um, called? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't have it. The the, the playlist in front of me. It's it's a better album than people give it credit for. There's a song called "It'll All Work Out." Oh. And it's a nice soft song. Okay. And it's got some beautiful lyrics, some real clever poetry. Okay. And um, I first heard it. It was part of the soundtrack to Elizabeth Town. Oh. And it's one of those songs I can. It's right up there with "Change of Heart." I could listen to. It, um, it'll all work out pretty much every day. Okay. Well, good. That's uh, some good uh, recommendations. Well, thanks, Steve. You're our resident Dr. Death. Oh, great. I don't know how you feel about it. But, uh, uh, I, guess, I guess it's good to be known for something. Yeah. Whenever a big name dies, I want to hear what your thoughts are on it. So I'm anyway, always thanks here. Yeah, thanks for doing this with us. And um, st- uh, Stuck in the 80s, people can uh, find that podcast. It's still going strong. What's the What's with the commitment to once a week? You guys are just... Uh, making yourselves be more regular at this point? Well, we joined the podcast network this year, uh, uh, the CLNS uh, podcast network. One of the things we're trying to do is do weekly shows and promote the network and promote um, sponsors, which we now have. So FanDuel, right? Uh, FanDuel right now and BarkBox and okay. HelloFresh. Yeah. So... It's it's really nice that these uh, companies have come up and they see the value in the audience that we have. And um, but yeah, the show's still on. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. Cool. Well, good. Uh, anyone who hasn't yet go listen to Stuck in the Eighties. It's one of my favorites. So well, thank you, Steve. Um, who knows when we'll do this again? <laughs> Hopefully not for a very long time, John. Hopefully, yeah. No <laughs> kidding. I wonder who's next. And by the way, we should put a thing out there. Anyone don't smoke. I mean, I'm not. I don't know that Tom Petty's cardiac arrest was tied directly to smoking, but it couldn't have helped. Yeah. Right. I agree. Don't smoke. Yes. Don't smoke. Stop. <laughs> it's not good for you. If you haven't heard that already. Yeah. But anyway, who do you think might be next? From the '80s generation? Geez, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, Bob Dylan's certainly on borrowed time, and yeah. I just like to. I just hope they all are doing what they want to be doing when, you know, when someone when when that person when death knocks on the door. That's that's yeah. my wish. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Hopefully, like Springsteen doesn't have a heart attack in the middle of a <laughs> concert or something like that. I'm pretty but, sure Springsteen will live forever. I think so. <laughs> I think you're right. Black leather. She had eyes so blue they looked like weather. 
Girl. 